Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Today's episode is brought to you by Benedictine College and Audible.com. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger for a special offer that allows you to download a free audiobook. You can choose from 150,000 titles. So again, audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Our guest today is one of the nation's most recognizable high school football coaches. He's widely known for his ability to take losing and winless teams and virtually overnight transform them into powerhouses that go on to reach the final four. His name is Jeff Skurin, and in several instances, they capture state titles. Skurin says that the turnaround techniques he uses to transform winless teams and underachieving players into world beaters are illustrated in his new book, One Game, One Time, and there are a lot of applications to business as well. So he's going to be talking with us today about his winning strategies. Welcome to the show today. Thank you very much for having me on, Kelly. Your new book, One Game, One Time, when does it come out, or it just recently came out, right? Yeah, it just recently came out on Amazon, and uh, and the reviews have been very uh, very encouraging. I, I, as a football coach, you know, you sometimes you I, I think in life we all got to step off in the new territory sometime. And uh, and while I was a journalism major way back when at the University of Florida, uh, this is kind of a new venture for me as a career uh, educator and a career coach. And uh, and so far, it's been it's been. Uh, surprisingly successful. I'm very happy. Yeah, well, tell us just a little bit about the story in one game one time. I know it's about the nationally televised bowl game that was a huge upset, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had this this, this kind of group of uh, misfit people from all over the country. We were a, a junior college uh, a team, and you, most people don't hear a lot about junior colleges, and we had been fortunate enough to have been selected for a uh, for a bowl game, the first time it was ever going to be on national television, and uh, and uh, we were going to be huge upset uh, victims for uh, I mean huge victims for the for the team that was supposed to win their sixth national title, mm-hmm. and we were in our only fourth year existence, and wow. most of our guys were were overlooked guys that we brought from all over the country without scholarships, and somehow some way we cobbled together a successful season. And, and managed to find a way to get it done in the ballgame. This was the Pima College team, right? That's correct. That's the name of the college, although in the book I've changed everybody's name for no other reason than it just gave me a little bit more freedom to work. Sure. What are, what are a couple of the other upsets or teams that you took on? You've always taken on a losing team when you've signed on, right? Yes, I, and, and for some reason I've enjoyed that type of thing. Uh, USA Today told me a couple of weeks ago that I'm the only high school coach in the nation that they know about that's taken on three different zero and ten teams and put them in the playoffs my first year. And twice we went to the final four in my first year. And it's a it's a it's a fun ride when you're able to do that. But but there's definitely a formula to it. Uh, uh, my most successful coaching. Uh, uh, Stint was here in Tucson with a team that was one and nine when I took them over. And team of college, uh, well, I started in out of the dirt 
and uh, and the story one game one time takes place in only our fourth year of existence. Okay, and now one component of your strategy with these turnarounds is getting the players to relax and open up their minds. Why is that always the first step? Well, you know, p- people come in with preconceived notions. It's not just the the, the, the players, by the way. And particularly in lower levels of, of, of sports, it's the parents, it's the school administration, it's the fans, it's the people around. I, I worked as a consultant for over a thousand high schools, and I've been in places where they've actually tried to convince me that their water had gone bad, and that's why their teams <laughs> couldn't succeed. And, and yeah, you laugh about it, but when you're in town there and they're paying you for results, it, 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 you know, it's kind of an interesting thing to hear. And uh, you know, in each case, if they would just follow a simple plan and really believe in that plan, so they got to open up their mind. Everything's possible. Everything's on the table. Uh, and let's let's work together to get a strategy that these people can buy into. That which is step number two. They have to be a strategy, and there has to be this this kind of group buy-in. Uh, and if you if you have a lot of lingers and a lot of doubters, that doubt kind of creeps in. I hate the word cancer. Uh, because I have too many friends that are victims of that, and it's not that at all. It's much more of a psychological thing that we put onto ourselves, and we limit ourselves. And, uh, and, and, you know, you shouldn't do that in life, because, Larry, every day when you wake up in the morning, everything's possible. It's a new day, everything's on the table, everything's possible, and all i got to do is take some baby steps and get a little bit better today, and sure enough, you know, then, then, then things tend to, you know, come out okay. But if you if you limit yourself, if you close doors mentally, if you if you're convinced that things won't happen, those self fulfilling prophecies can become very, very powerful uh, enemies to what you're trying to get done. Right. And then w- once you get the buy in from, from that type of type of thing, you, you have to have a this, this plan that people are willing to work and you don't worry about every single detail because there's so many things that are out of your control to do very much about, and sometimes you can't do anything about them. So you got to control those few things that you can get your mitts on and, 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 and do something about. And I say control the controllables. And my teams are very good at doing those types of things. We, you know, you're going to get, and it's more like football, you get hit hard enough, you're going to fumble. But that has nothing to do with just dropping the ball right. or not taking a handoff correctly or not executing the basic play or not having your footsteps correct. Those are things that we could control, just like there's things that we can control just in our own daily lives. Uh, and those things have to be done, particularly when you're trying to play catch-up ball and, uh, and you're behind other good organizations or good teams or trying to get something done like I did in my writing career with, something I hadn't done before. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to become John Steinbeck tomorrow. I've got to take it step by step and be, you know, successful in what I'm trying to do today. And then, then, then I got a little bit of a chance. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and when you do all of that, when you get everybody on board, all the stakeholders, not just the team members, and you've formulated that plan and you're working it and you're making sure that you're focused on the things that you can control, then at some point you have to take a step back and assess your progress and maybe make some adjustments. That's the next part, that you, the next step that you talk about. Talk to us about as that. As an educator, I could really add a lot to this because we're just really bad at this. We, you know, I talk about assess, you know, assessment is important, but you can't stop the forward momentum. And we do this all the time with testing and education, because education has become a political thing. 
And any time that happens, we all know in our society what, what takes place. You know, the non-experts are in control. And so we have all this assessment, and we break our momentum. I mean, our kids only go to school 175 days a year, but we take eight, ten days of that out for various testing. Uh, we have vacation times. You, you stop your momentum. You get the kids back, and whether it's practice or whether it's work or whether it's school, and you get your people back, and you've got to recreate the momentum. Even though it was great before, we, we, we stop our own forward progress to assess. And I think that's a terrible mistake. I think you have to find a way to assess your progress without sapping your energy and your full momentum because it's going to take you time to re-gear, and you can never recover that time. Time is always our enemy. We build these wonderful facilities. We have great computers. We have all these aids and all these different things, and they're designed to help save us time. We spend billions and billions of dollars in industry every year to help save us time, and then we come in and we create some system where we, where we stop our momentum, and sure, we're, sure enough, we're going to have to get back on track and recreate that momentum, and that takes that valuable time away that we spent all this money trying to save in the first place. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, crazy. Another thing that you emphasize is train to finish strong. Don't don't peak before and waste you know waste all your energy before you get to the goal line. So talk to us about that. Well, you know, every good game I've discovered with every sport I've coached. I've coached a lot more than just football. Every good contest comes down to the end. I, I was very uh, fascinated by Jurgen Klinsmann, the USA uh, soccer coach from Germany, and I've actually studied and worked sometimes with him in Europe before he was the American coach. And one of the things I noted about him that I liked right from the beginning is they always finish strong. Whether successful or not, they're making a big run at the end. We've won several games at the end. We have several good tries in the World Cup right at the end, and we and they close strong. And first of all, I think it makes you feel good, win or lose, about the result. I think when you're in great physical and mental shape to finish hard, you always have some confidence left in your tank, even when things don't go the way they plan. And let's face it, things really do go to plan. You know, as the old Zen master says, relax, nothing is under control. And if you, if you approach a game like that or a contest or a big event, uh, or, or a presentation where the electricity can go up, the computer doesn't work, and you have a plan and you have something left in your tank and you can finish enthusiastically and strong. I think that creates a memory in, in yourself and other people that, that's very, very powerful and, 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 and propels us on to the next thing in a very, very positive way. And, and, and I feel good about that as a coach and I feel good about that as a person. When we finish strong, I think people like us, and I think it gains the respect that a lot of us are looking for in the first place. Great points. We're going to take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. You're progressing in your career, but at a pace that feels slow. You're ready to make great strides and invest in yourself. With your work and home schedule, how do you accomplish this? The Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program, is the answer. The competency gained and character built are outcomes that are of immediate and future value regardless of your future path. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA. 
I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors today, Audible.com. They're a leading provider of spoken digital entertainment and information. If you go on out to our radio page at ithinkbigger.com forward slash radio, you're going to see a very special link, and you can click on that to get a free month's services and a free Audible book download. They've got a huge selection of titles, and 150,000 and some, I would think, including some of the books that our authors that you hear on this show have written, like Mike Michalowicz and John Jantz. And what's really great is that you can listen on any device, including whatever you're listening to right now to hear this show. So again, go on out to the special link you'll find on our radio homepage, ithinkbigger.com forward slash radio, or audibletrial.com forward slash thinkingbigger, and you can get one free audiobook and one month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Vital signs. How to survive in today's economy. The 8th Annual Kansas City Government Contracting and Procurement Forum is designed to showcase government contracting requirements, provide critical information, networking opportunities, and access to new business partners. This year's keynote speaker is Ann Byler, founder of Andy Ann's Soft Pretzel Franchise. The forum is free August 14th, Bartle Hall Convention Center. Get more information and register online at kcgcp.org. That's kcgcp.org. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with author and coach Jeff Skurin. He has recently released a book, One Game, One Time. And uh, Coach Skurin is well-known, uh, incredibly well-known for taking turnaround teams and getting them to bowl games and championships within the first year. Now, Coach Skern, we've been talking about some of the principles and some of the steps that you use to turn people's mindsets around, to, to get them all focused and, and win those games. But many of our listeners today are owners of small businesses or companies that are in need of being coached, but being coached back to productivity in the business sense. What advice can you give them? Everything is a fundamental. I mean, success is based on, I don't care if you build a house or you build a team or you're building an organization or, or a small business. And I deal with a lot of small businesses as a consultant. And everything has to have a strong foundation. In sports, that's our fundamentals. There's certain fundamentals in every business venture and, and everything in life you do. There are, there are sound basic principles, and when those things aren't done correctly, it, you're going to end up with a shaky house. You can't have square corners. You know, there, there are things that got left out, and problems start to seep in because those things were never properly addressed in the first place, and, and, and people always, always begin, you know, wanting to get things done, wanting results, wanting, I want my book to sell. I, as, I mean, you know, I'm a new author, it, you know, it, it, it's a process, there, there's, there's hundreds of, you know, there's a hundred thousand books, I'm told, that are, that are published every year, and, and so it's a, it's a big force, and you're one tree, and how do you, and, and you want to break through, and you want to do all those things, but, you know, you just have to take care of today. And we forget about that. And, and when we start something out, we have to create that foundation and those fundamentals. The, the, I took over a team last year, and, and they were, they were, uh, we were zero and 10 again. This is the third time I've done it. And, and it was the school district my wife had taught in before she retired. And so I knew the situation well. And I had a freshman quarterback, 
everybody came in with all these prepackaged excuses. And when we started off in the winter with our conditioning and our movement and our, our basic fundamentals of the things that we're going to teach once the season starts, the kids got very frustrated. They said, see, coach, we can't do it. And I go, guys, it's only March. We don't start the season practice until August. We still have time if we will forget about the negativity and begin to work on just a few little things today. Let's win this drill. That's, that's a, you know, when we're in a game and it's going badly, you know, and I pull everybody aside and, and they, they're, you can see the shock in their eyes and I say, guys, one successful play. Don't worry about the game. Get rid of the scoreboard. One successful play. Then two successful plays. Then maybe a first down. And next thing you know, we're back in the game and we're fighting the way we should have done in the first place. You know, life is so unpredictable. What do you fall back on? When when helter skelter is good, and it's surely going to happen. That's that's not a maybe. That's that's one of the few guarantees that there is. Like I said, you know, nothing's under control. Everything that you, the minute you think you've arrived, that that's when all heck breaks loose. And, and that's the type of thing I think as a coach that I'm prepared for, whether it's for a small business or my family or my grandkids at school and my children were growing up. And they come to and say, how do you stay so calm? And I was prepared for those things, and I've got a plan of action. And I, I think, you know, when that happens, I look at an airline tragedy or something happens in business, an accident at work, or any of the myriad of unexpected things that can happen anywhere. How are, do, you, do you know what you're going to do when those things happen? Because surely enough, when they do, it, it, you, you have a plan and you know where you're headed. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I have thousands of people looking over our shoulder watching. I've got 14 to 17, 18-year-old young men uh, who want to succeed very badly, and their dream seems to be falling apart right there in front of them. If I don't look calm, you know, who's going who's gonna to right the ship? You right. know, I, 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 we were in a situation where we had to go to the playoffs. We had to win to go to the playoffs. And we jumped to a big lead, and and the other team caught up and went ahead. And uh, I was on the sideline smiling. And the kids came over and go, Coach, I don't get it. What are you, you're, you know, what are you happy about? I said, I got a chance to see what my team is made of after five, six months of real hard work. And, and that was the truth. That, that was the real test is about to come. What, what was all the work about? It was about a situation just like this. Now, go out and do the things we prepared to do. And sure enough, we scored 200 unanswered touchdowns to go to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, in the book, one game, one time, we're up against the wall. We have an, we had a new administration that had come in unfriendly to sports, uh, didn't want to see us succeed, only let us go to the bowl game because uh, they thought we were going to get, you know, embarrassed so right. they could cancel the program. And you just can't, you just can't let those people win. You have to. You, you've got to find it within yourself. That 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 I call it the. Well, how bad do you want a gear? And you have to be able to shift that your body into that gear shift to to show that that's something that you really want. Maybe maybe when you get right down to it, if you let it go easily, maybe you really didn't want it that bad in the first place. That's true. And a couple of key points, though, to summarize what you just said, those large victory, victories are really an accumulation of a lot of very small victories that all add up to the larger victory. And then as business owners, too, in the face of adversity, in the face of just losing that major client or uh, wondering how you're going to make payroll, you go out there and you, you can't show that to your staff. And I know a lot of new business owners struggle with that, even some of the more established ones uh, putting on that face and 
and and being the strong person because as you said somebody's got to write that ship and if you have a nervous breakdown everybody else is going to along with you <laughs> well you know in, in the book i talked about a list that i formed when we when we accepted the bowl bid and we had to find we had the seven thousand five hundred dollars to get uh, uh, 60 plus people 60 players plus staff to texas uh you know, for four days, uh, they would, of course, put us up when we got there. But we had $80,000 nut to crack at a junior college and about 10 days to get it all done. And the list of things just kept growing and growing. And it actually became a point of humor. And then, you know, of course, if it wasn't humor, it became frustration. And how we were going to get it done. And people would come in, and teachers that really supported us, instructors at the college, would come in and say, Coach, how are you going to get this done, honestly? I, I know you're a miracle worker, and we've seen it happen before. How are you going to get this done? And my answer was always the same, one step at a time. I mean, yeah. that's the only way you can get things done. There's something in psychology that I kind of – put together with my own, uh, coined a, you know, a term, my own phrase when I was in graduate school uh, for psychology, and that was the full garage syndrome. And basically, you know, somebody's assigned you to clean out the garage, and you open the door and you cannot see the back wall, there's so much stuff in the way. Right. And really, human nature says, walk away, this can't be done, I can't get this done right away. But what do you do? You take out a few boxes now, you come back in a couple hours, take a few more boxes out, the next day a few more. The next thing you know, when you can see the back wall, all of a sudden that's the veritable light at the end of the tunnel. And now you can see, hey, I can get this done. And once you get that feeling going, that's when the positive momentum starts to build. Well, real leaders create that situation for, for, for their workers or their family or their athletes. They create that situation so that they know that when that back wall becomes visible, things are going to begin to take on their own life, and people are going to begin to jump on and, and buy in. The old bandwagon effect takes over. Right. Another thing that you address is if you don't have the experience to get it done, but you're the one who has to get it done, what do you do? You ask questions. I, I, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know we, we don't always have to have the most creative uh, thing under the sun. I, I, I'm known for a highly creative offensive strategy. We've led the nation several times, and but it's it, everybody says, "Oh, I've never seen that before." Well, that doesn't mean it's it's brand new. You know, a lot of times you cobble together things based on things other people have done successfully. That that's a model I really like to use because for sure, every time you come up with something new, there's going to be unintended consequences that go along with that new thing mm -hmm. that you possibly. You, you, there's no way you could have planned for. And if I'm struggling to get things done and time is my enemy, I don't want to have to keep being distracted by dealing with those unintended consequences. So I go to people in the industry who've done similar things before, and I find out what they have done that have worked, and I put my own kind of spit on that to come up with my little creative way of doing it. But I've already got Plan B and, and Plan C even in my pocket based on what they have told me. I talked about that in the book. I have, there's a chapter called Meeting with a Big Guy. That's a nickname for a coach named Larry Smith, who was unfortunately passed uh, uh, with skin cancer. And, uh, and I brought him in to tell me about how he, how he prepared for all these ball games. And the first thing he told me was, you're not me, and you can't do what I did. And right. I, then he told me the things that he did, and I had to stylize those things to fit my own personality and, and, and things I could get excited about myself. Because if I can't get excited, how am I supposed to get my, the people around me going? Uh, 
Absolutely. Uh, and in fact, you talk about be true to yourself, uh, that that's a, that's a strong tenant that runs throughout your book, which again is available through Amazon.com, one game, one time. So being true to yourself is very important too, because if you're not congruent, you're not going to be able to get anybody else on board either. So, uh, And that is, that's, that's so true. I mean, you have, you've got to be excited about something, but I really encourage people to, to do their homework, to do their research. With the Internet now, you know, it, it's gotten so easy, and, but it's amazing that psychologically people like to be asked to, to help. You know, that, that's a high compliment. When you pick up the phone or you go to somebody in person or even an email, and I get, I literally, I get hundreds of them a week from other coaches, and, you know, I like to help. People, when they ask, I don't care if I'm busy, I'll stay up 11, 12 o'clock at night because I'm one of those people, I'm, at, you know, my rule is I answer every phone call, every email, every text, every Facebook message. I, within 24 hours, everybody gets to uh, you know, an answer. I had, I got almost uh, a thousand birthday. I just had my birthday last week, and I got almost a thousand birthday hits on my, you know, uh, on my Facebook page. Goodness. And uh, and every single one of them got a like or a response. Yeah. Every single one of them. That's just a, a point. In fact, that I make. I want to. I, I want to be able to respond to people that take the time to respond to me. And when people ask me for my help. I think it's just human nature to want to give something back. And, and I think most people are very, very good about that. So if people say, well, no one's going to help me, that's, that's a, they're putting a block in that doesn't necessarily exist. They're, 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 they're self-fulfilling prophecies. You know, everybody talks about these glass ceilings in business, and, and in, you know, in a lot of different ways, and there really are many, but they've all been broken through before. But many of those glass ceilings we put on ourselves. It's amazing the people who say nothing is going to hold me back, and I'm going to get a plan, and I'm going to make it work, and I'm going to work at a little bit every single day. I'm going to move forward just an inch or two every single day. You know, those people, you know, generally get there. I can't guarantee success for any team I ever coached, but I tell my guys that if we do this plan, I can guarantee you we're going to get a lot better. And if we get excited enough, people are going to become afraid of us because who wants to lose to an 0-10 team? So you've got to see, you, right. I've got to give my guys something. You know, hey, when we, when we get people in trouble in a game, when we get ahead of them, when we get close to them, they're used to beating us by 40. The noose gets tight around their neck, and they don't play the same. And sure enough, that happens in a game. And again, we prepare for the fourth quarter. We're ready to finish at the end. And sure enough, when they get scared, we attack. And you see this happen in bike races in the third front. And, and, you know, I work with track stars, mm -hmm. and they say to me, how am I going to make up 20 seconds on this guy? And I say, you don't make it up. Get on his shoulder and run next to him, and the pressure will slow him down. Yes. It's amazing how psychology works into all of it. It, it is amazing. Coach Skurin, you're not only the author of One Game, One Time, available through Amazon, but you also are a consultant and motivational speaker. How can organizations contact you if they'd like to find out more about the other services that you offer? Please go to my website, which is CoachSkurin.com, www.CoachSkurin.com, S-C-U-R-R-A-N is my last name, and uh, they can Google me. Uh, uh, 
uh, Jeff Stern at gmail.com is my email, and uh, like I said, I get back to everybody, and uh, you know, it's a it's a lot of fun turning something around. It's a real good feeling. I yeah. can tell I can tell your listeners. I've sat at my uh, at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, sitting in my easy chair in my living room, giggling about victories that we had that we never should have been on the field with, and that's uh, a good feeling. Well, that is a good feeling. Thank you so much for all your insights and time today. And if you'd like to learn more about how you grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.